This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Time now for a regional roundup. Let's take you through a couple of issues we're looking at this morning. So it's been a little over seven months since uh, military rule retook power in Myanmar. Uh, we remember talking about that coup where they ousted the elected leader Aung San Suu Kyi and many other members of uh, the National League for Democracy. What we have right now is after a wave of protests, uh, we have military ruler General Min On Liang last month uh, taking on the role of prime minister in a newly formed caretaker of government. He pledged to hold new elections by the year 2023. Uh, let's see if we can get some updates on the situation. Meanwhile, uh, some possibly good news uh, out of Thailand. The kingdom plans to reopen more of its popular tourist destinations from next month. I know Ryan Huang on the show loves the country Thailand. Um, he might be looking forward to taking a short trip there. Let's see if we can get the latest from Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Good morning, Leslie. How are you? I'm doing good. I said, take good point. All right. Let's uh, start <laughs> off with Myanmar. There are a lot of issues to look at where Myanmar is concerned. So let me try my best to break them down. First things first, we got to go back a couple of days. Uh, there was a bit of a revolt and the military had reportedly accepted a proposal for a ceasefire until the end of the year to ensure distribution of humanitarian aid. Now, there was a report released by the Kyoto News Agency citing ASEAN's envoy to Myanmar. Could you tell us a little bit more about the protest situation there and how that could potentially jeopardize, you know, efforts being put in to to broker this peace deal? You know, the situation isn't encouraging. You know, the ASEAN and war, Irwan Yusuf said that, you know, the military had accepted kind of a ceasefire, not a full-blown ceasefire, but very much halting hostilities to deliver humanitarian aid. But okay. the military has been silent about this. So we don't really know whether it's something that is being accepted by the military. In the meantime, we're hearing that the, you know, the national UT government, mm. the parallel government there, mm-hmm. they're insisting to continue targeting the military and its assets. So, like I said, the situation isn't encouraging. I think, you know, the ceasefire, ASEAN's efforts appear to be falling on deaf ears in Myanmar. And I don't, uh, it doesn't look like, you know, we're going to see an end to any of the hostilities anytime soon. You know? Yeah, I guess the junta actually branded the NUG and uh, People's Defense Forces as terrorist groups. NUG also declared a state of emergency. What happens from here then? It, it sounds like a very uneasy situation. Well, yeah, you know, we've, we've seen that, you know, um, you know, you've got pockets of resistance all over that mushroom, all over the country. Mm. And people are taking this very seriously. The NUG is asking for recognition. There's okay. a UN meeting coming up next week. And there have been clashes that have broken out in many areas, especially in the northwest between uh, junta forces and the Kachin Independence Army. And even in the south, you know fighting between the Karen National Union, the country's oldest ethnic armed organizations. And even in the, this area called Magwe, mm. there were attacks on five military targets. So, you know, we're seeing while Yangon, the streets remain calm because of increased military presence, we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of unrest in the outlying areas. So this, with the call by the National Unity Government to continue this uh, defensive war, 
I don't think we're going to see any kind of break in hostilities anytime soon. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Like us and rate us. And now back to our podcast episode. If I'm on the outside, right? If I'm a government on the outside, I mean, there have been calls from from various organizations to to help me in mind that sense. How how do I view the situation? Uh, obviously, you know, first country that comes to mind is the United States, but they're busy. You know, they've got the fallout from you know pulling out of Afghanistan. They've got Hurricane Ida to deal with. We also know that I think China and Russia want to reboot ties with Myanmar. So going into this, how should I view the situation if I'm an outside government? Well, you know, the thing is that clearly China wants to is looking at filling this vacuum. There's there's already talk about you know a new overland trade route between Myanmar and the so-called Myanmar-China corridor. Mm-hmm. So you can see China stepping in. I think it depends. Any country outside, I guess, would take a wait and see attitude, you know, and hope that ASEAN's efforts at least of bringing some kind of semblance of peace, getting mm. parties to to talk, you know, uh, getting them to talk, and that would be ideal. But at this point in time, I think things are really fluid, and, you know, of course, people are going to watch what China does next, you know, like you said, with U.S. occupied and dealing with the fallout from the its pullout in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, it's just got to be a wait and see. On the line with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times this morning. Leslie, let's uh, try and talk about something happier. Thailand could be giving us good news. They plan to reopen places like Bangkok, yay, Chiang Mai. Ooh, this happening in October. They're ready for full reopening without quarantine by January. Wait a minute. Can they achieve this? How's their COVID-19 situation? You know, the thing is that under the proposed plans, you know, this is, I think before we get into the details, it just shows how important tourism is for the ravaged Thai economy mm. and they need to get things back on board. Millions have been have been thrown out of jobs and so really the government is under pressure. There were demonstrations in Bangkok a few days ago because yeah. of the government's handling of this. So, but I think coming back to the, uh, the opening up in Bangkok, uh, um, Bangkok is one of the one of the destinations under the proposed plans. All fully vaccinated international tourists will be able to travel to Bangkok from October first. Okay. Uh, other places would be Thailand, uh, Chiang Mai, also Pattaya, and Hua Hin. You know, which is the beach tourist destination. Right. It's been kind of successful. Thailand is hoisting up its you know its so-called sandbox initiative, which it launched in July uh, as some one of a success story, and where that, that is where you know some something like twenty seven thousand travelers visited Thailand under the scheme, which allows for vaccinated tourists to enter Phuket and other cities mm. as long as they stay in hotels approved by the tourism authority. Yes, and this would mean that you know you um, these places also must guarantee at least seventy percent of the workforce is vaccinated. I think now towns, uh, cities that are going to be accepted into this. New, uh, you know, welcome tourist campaign will be uh, areas which have seventy uh, percent of the population, local population, vaccinated. So there, there are some strict conditions that are being imposed, and you can you can guess, Elliot. Uh, you know, everyone's been pent up. Everyone wants to get <laughs> out there and sort their lives. So I think people are going to, you know, especially they've already seen an uptick in travelers from the U.S., U.K., Israel, Germany, France. 
And so I think this is this is just going to, you know, you're going to see more people coming in, you know. I, I don't know, Leslie, because, okay, obviously we're going to pay attention to their local population vaccination rates. It's uneven across the various states, but when or if I go back to Bangkok, will the same Platinum Mall be there for me? I mean, I'm sure so many stores have closed by now. I'm sure. You know, you're right. You know, like I said, you know, they really need to reboot. And even once they do get to reset, you know, you, no one knows how many people, how many of these businesses, you know, have the stamina or endurance to get back or to reopen. So yeah. no one knows what we are real, going to reopen to. Yeah. And this is across the region. It is uh, both exciting and scary, Leslie. Uh, we've been speaking yeah. with uh, Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Leslie, as always, appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe. Yeah. Thank you. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.